One of the things that so many women struggle with is learning how to love and accept all parts of themselves. We receive so many messages from a young age, from society, friends, family, and the media that tell us we are supposed to look a certain way in order to be considered beautiful. This leads us to spending so much time and energy trying to change parts of who we are in order to feel loved and accepted by others. Learning to embrace all parts of ourselves is one of the most radical things that we can do as women and one of the most important and powerful steps in reclaiming our personal power. When you learn to love and accept who you are right now in this moment, you can use all that energy that you are putting towards hating yourself towards building a life of your dreams. Instead of putting your energy towards criticizing yourself, you can put it towards making a positive impact in the world. You can show up fully in all spaces instead of trying to make yourself smaller to blend in with the crowd. And that's exactly what Lucy and I are going to teach you at our next one-day retreat, Living Embodied, How to Embrace All Parts of You. At the end of this six-and-a-half-hour retreat, you will learn how to embrace all of you by creating a new identity so you can create a life full of joy and fulfillment right now. Releasing old stories and limiting beliefs so you can finally learn to love and accept yourself as you are. Discovering love and gratitude for your body so you can show up fully in all spaces. By the end of the day, you will leave completely transformed in your relationship with yourself. You will feel more connected to your purpose as well as your highest self. You will be ready to create the life you have always dreamed of. Included is a vegan lunch, drinks such as coffee, tea, and water, a beautiful sound healing, cacao ceremony, guided meditations, embodied dance, interactive workshops, soulful connections with other women, and a special surprise gift. This event is limited to 15 people and will sell out, so don't wait to save your spot by going to the link in the show notes now. I can't wait to see you on March 22nd. Aloha, beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Uplifting Podcast. Today, my guest is Betsy Muller, who is a master trainer and certified advanced practitioner of emotional freedom technique, also known as EFT. She holds a BA in chemistry and an MBA in systems management and is the second person in the world to become a certified energy health practitioner through the Association for Comprehensive Energy Psychology, and also Ohio's first and only master trainer and advanced certified practitioner of EFT. She has also authored several books and has helped clients all over the world find more life balance and success using the practical applications of EFT. In today's episode, Betsy shares with us the story of finding EFT and how it saved her and her husband's life. We talk about what EFT is, how it works, and the practical applications for using it. She shares some case studies from her work with clients who have benefited from incorporating EFT and what was made possible in their lives. This is an incredible episode about a healing technique that is still not widely known. If you know somebody who could benefit from learning more about EFT, send them the link to the podcast now and be a hero in their life today. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Betsy. Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Lee, and I'm a business mindset coach, public speaker, 
world record holder, powerlifter, and self-love advocate. I believe that there is so much power in owning and sharing our story, which is why on this podcast, I interview other powerful women about the challenges that they have overcome to be where they are today. My goal for this podcast is to create a safe space for all women to share their real, raw, and mostly unedited stories that will leave you empowered to live more authentically, openly, and freely. If you're looking to up-level your happiness, success, and fulfillment, then you've come to the right place. Look at this podcast as your weekly dose of personal development and mindset work to help you shift into your most uplifted self. Thank you so much for pressing play today. And now let's find out what's uplifting you today. Welcome back to the Uplifting Podcast. Today, my guest is Betsy Muller. Betsy is the founder of Create and Connect Brilliantly and the Indigo Connection LLC. She is a holistic coach, master trainer, and certified advanced practitioner of emotional freedom techniques, and a creative leader who helps others rapidly transform chaos into clarity. Betsy is also the author of several best-selling books, including The Comeback, Energy Makeover, A Conscious Way to Stay Young, Have Fun and Get More Done, and a contributing author to the EFT Clinical Handbook. She blogs and has published numerous articles on life balance, success, goal setting, and practical applications for EFT in daily life. Welcome, Betsy. Thank you, Randy. It's great to be here with you. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here and to talk about EFT and what can be made possible through that. But first, I would love for you to share a story from your past that got you into the work that you're doing today as a holistic coach and an EFT practitioner. Okay. Well, a story. The story starts with a girl who had a really good childhood, who was very good at a lot of things, who was a great student and for that reason, ended up studying chemistry and business and, you know, was working in industry and research and oil companies and chemical companies. I, that's my old me. And eventually I got myself over to healthcare, which was smart, but I always had a passion for self-improvement. I think you can probably relate to that too. And a lot of your listeners can too. Absolutely. I was also very curious about physical health, mental ability, peak performance. And I think what really pushed me to get into this field was that I had children. I had two children and I continued working full time and it got harder and harder to keep all those balls in the air. Um, I made a career choice switch right when they were um, like kindergarten age, a kindergarten and like third grade. And I moved into healthcare, but not just plain old healthcare. I got into um, integrative healthcare, which was a blessing. I got to learn about acupuncture and about holistic methods because I started running a group medical practice for a, a very progressive physician, board, for, board certified. And so I started managing her clinic. I also managed her speaking life and she was doing speaking all over the world. And I managed to get her an engagement in Switzerland and then blurted out one day, I should go with you. And she said, yes. So I ended up in Switzerland at this meeting that I didn't really know what it was about, but it was about energy psychology. And 
as, as things would turn out, here I am at this meeting and I felt like I was home and I didn't know why. And so I decided to just start going to the breakouts. I, you know, I wasn't quite integrated into anything they did there. It was a lot of psychologists and therapists. And the first breakout I went to, there was the person there uh, did some energy exercises with the group. And then there was tapping, which is the same as what we're going to talk about later, EFT or emotional freedom techniques, accessing these specific acupoints on the body for transformational power. And so I tried the tapping in that meeting. I tried it for the first time and I was literally blown away because you you call up a, a stressful memory or stressful thought. You ap- apply a sequence of tapping on points and saying statements of loving and accepting yourself. And then you recheck after you do it. And I felt clear. I felt calm. I felt grounded. And I thought there's nothing I know of that works as quickly. What the hell just happened? And uh, from there, a lot of synchronicity started happening to me, too. I, I explain a few things in my book because it's more than just that one story. But that really got me rolling. Um, I didn't change careers for another four years. Uh, so it was four years after that meeting that I finally decided to leave that job and start my own coaching practice and uh, pursued getting certified in emotional freedom techniques. So um, that's a little bit of the journey. And it's not always easy. A lot of weird things happen. Like um, one thing I'll say, for example, and this is so weird, after I started doing tapping and working with energy, because energy is non-physical stuff, I remember coming into the office in the dark one day, turning on the lights, and there was a little boy in the office. And I looked at him and I moved toward him and he disappeared. Ah! (laughs) And I started seeing uh, light around people, auras around people. And, you know, it was very frightening because I'd never seen that stuff before. And there weren't that many people back in those days to talk about uh, these things with. Uh, I think I was on the cutting edge of this emerging energy stuff. But what I will say in closing that, um, that story is that energy is all around us. A lot of people will deny it or they'll pull away when they hear that word. Um, I remind you that emotions are energy. Love is energy. Anything that's that's invisible, but yet you feel it, is energy. Energy is everything, really. It's everything. The physical stuff and the invisible stuff. But I just read a quote that I think is really cool. A shift in energy is always followed by a change in reality. What do you think? I love that. And I totally agree. I think energy is everything. And it's really about learning how to manage our energy. And so, you know, I kind of want to go back to your story and how you said it took four years for you to, you know, start your, your job as a coach, your career as a coach. What was that time like between when you discovered EFT and, you know, started to have some transformation in your own life? Like, what was that like between discovering that and then finally deciding, okay, this is the the shift I want to make in my life and my career? Yeah, um, that's a great question. It was a turbulent, scary time. And also a time that I just kept asking questions like, you know, I, I am a person of faith. I had a relationship with source. I'm like, what am I supposed to do, God? You know, and 
I part of in the early days after I came back from that conference, I was having a lot of really big experiences. Um, I remember going for a reading with somebody just to, like I, like a psychic better tell me what to do. I really didn't get the answer. I think I was just you know reaching in many directions. I started taking classes though. I remember taking Touch for Health right away after that, which is another. Um, modality for accessing meridians and healing and understanding uh, how energy flows in the body. Uh, I became an ordained minister and that I, you know, I, I was just feeling so connected to spirit more than ever before because this energy was running through my body now in ways that I'd never noticed before. Um, I, uh, in addition to taking these classes, I joined the Association for Comprehensive Energy Psychology. All these professionals that I met in Europe, that many of them were in Ohio, right where I live, or they were in the United States, and they were so generous and, and interested in helping me understand the energy of emotions and healing and how it ties in with things that happen in our bodies and, and our experiences, again, in physical reality. And so um, I started speaking at the meetings every year as a marketing business manager because I had an expertise there that was comfortable for me. And so I was integrating with these people. I was taking more classes. I was developing a network of new friends. And I have to tell you, when you start shifting this way, some old friends fall away. People had always known me as a science-minded person, a high intellectual person, probably more of the left brain characteristics than the right, but I always had the right stuff too. I, you know, I'm a highly creative. I love the arts. I love nature. And, you know, I, I can paint and I can do music. I used to be a musician long ago. Um, you know, that's always been kind of my struggle is I love so many things, um, but I had this new invitation to come over to the right side a little bit more or balance out my life a little bit more. And the more I did that, the more things felt more natural. But it was hard leaving that job because that business owner, that medical director of the facility, we grew that practice. So what I did during those four years was grow that practice, build it out, um, hire new employees. We actually got so big, we had to go to a new facility, you know, uh, work on completely constructing and furnishing this new facility and um, doing the grand opening and just, you know, building things up for her, setting up that business to be a professional business because I knew how to do that, policies and procedures. And then I had to tell her I was leaving and she was pissed. It was it was rough. And I made that break. I left. And part of the story, which is really sad, before I started my new job, I just had to leave. It got really tense toward the end. Two days before I was leaving, um, my dog died suddenly too. And I was like, my God, what are you doing to me? I've been a, a loyal and faithful servant. I followed your direction and I get this. And you know what? It turned out to be a blessing because that other dog was not suitable to be my partner in my new practice. And so after I came up from sobbing for a few days, I realized it was the perfect time to get a new puppy because I didn't have to go to work every day. And then I was trying to figure things out and I promised myself 30 days of training a puppy and then see what happens. And uh, the rest is history. So I started my business in 2005. That puppy just passed away last year and 
as sad as that is, I have a new dog. I have a really good dog now, too. I adopted Serena last year. She quickly graduated into therapy dogs. So we do a lot of work together around uh, local places. And I have a little Border Collie partner. It's so much fun. Oh, that sounds amazing. And I love how you were really able to shift that perspective to see that situation as, you know, happening for you instead of happening to you. Yeah. It was tough though. I mean, I just- Oh my God, I can only imagine. You know, because you lose, when you when you change jobs, I mean, many people go through this, when you change jobs to go off on your own, suddenly you're not going into work every day. You don't have that social support system. And actually in my case, I had a business owner who was hurt and mad at me for leaving. So it, it was it was awkward. And, you know, I couldn't just go in there and visit all the time. I had to really make my break. But I quickly- started a new way to keep connected with the world. You know, I started inviting people to events because I wanted to teach people how to use emotional freedom techniques. And that's how I started my business. I just invited everybody I knew to come, let's meet for breakfast and tap. (laughs) That's what happened. I love that. And I'm sure you probably in that transition lost a lot of people as well who didn't really understand what you were, what you were doing and the change you were making. I know that really happened for me when I made that shift of leaving my corporate job and, you know, all of the friends that I had at that job, like kind of stopped talking to me, you know? And so it really was, like you said, it is a challenging time, but it's, I think it's just really testing you, you know, to see like, is this really what you want? And when you go through those challenges, I believe you really are strengthened through them. Yeah. And in the end of the day, I don't think I lost that many friends at all. If anything, they just came to know me in a different way. And I, I will say that I had I a really that. good reputation. I had a good reputation before I went into this. I was just ahead of the curve. And I would say to anybody else getting into this kind of work, you know, may, people may give you those strange looks. Um, but eventually, I think the world is moving in this direction of holistic healing um, because it's the truth. It is how the world works. And to just be gentle on the ones that are skeptical, there are enough people that are ready. And, uh, you know, we can just love every, everybody for wherever they're at, except where they're at. Don't try to push. It's not our job. I completely agree. Because I think some of the people who didn't really agree with me in the beginning are now starting to come around to it. Because like you said, it's mm-hmm. just such a universal truth. So mm-hmm. I love that so much. So I would love to dive into EFT. Like, can you explain, you know, what is emotional freedom techniques? What exactly does that look like? Okay. So first I will say when I started in it, there wasn't any science, but today emotional freedom techniques is a, a clinically researched uh, you know, it's it's a mind-body technique that uses the best of cognitive behavioral therapy combined with somatic intervention, intervening with the body to allow um, a healthy balancing of energy in the meridians combined with its therapeutic for the brain and the way our brains take care of process stress, trauma, negative memories, you know, we're biological animals and we're, we're set up for fight or flight. And what these studies are showing is that when we tap on specific points on the body, we are able to lower the stress hormone cortisol quickly, effectively, more effectively than basic breathing techniques or other kinds of relaxation. 
And, you know, that's just one finding of the many research studies. What we also know is it really interrupts the trauma or the, the uh, stress reaction in the brain, that part of the brain called the amygdala that gets triggered when something appears to be scary, even if it's not life-threatening. Okay. So like public speaking would be a great example. So say, uh, you know, you have, you imagine yourself giving a talk to a room of 500 people. And for a lot of people, that would be horrible. So, you know, there's probably a memory in your background of being up in front of people talking that it didn't go so well. And emotional freedom techniques allows you to access old memories, old beliefs, old programming, face it. And while you were tapping on these acupoints, to talk to yourself about that memory, to really bring up the picture and face it and allow your body to calm down while you think of this horrible thing. And you're creating a disconnection because your body feels good while you think about something horrible. As that happens, the front of your brain gets more blood so you can think, you can speak. And all this has been shown in research, which is, I think, just so cool because we didn't used to have it. I just knew it worked when I tried it the first time. So when you think about all the ways people can be traumatized or triggered, emotional freedom techniques gives you so many opportunities to heal and to kind of clear away old stuff from your past so that you can move forward in the future without being triggered without being suddenly upset. Because when you're triggered, you go into an automatic pilot (laughs) result that sometimes isn't good, like anger or, oh, shame or something like that. All right. Did I explain that well enough? Yeah, absolutely. And reading a lot of research lately that really shows what you're talking about in terms of how trauma lives within our bodies. Right. Sounds like to me, like what you're doing with, with the tapping is creating like new memories, right? Of like, okay, I'm bringing up this old memory and like now I'm not feeling that emotional response and I can feel something different. So then the next time Mm -hmm. when this comes up, it doesn't necessarily trigger those old traumatic memories. Is that, am I I on the right track? Yeah, you're on the right track. Think about EFT as a way to upgrade your software because really your beliefs and your reactions are software that was laid in from a previous experience. When you bring up that file, that previous experience file or that feeling, even a physical feeling in your body or a food craving, for example, you can rewrite your programming to that uh, stimulus, that trigger by being present to it, by accepting yourself just the way you are with that feeling and tapping on the points and letting it move through you instead of resisting. So, you know, I was just working with a group this morning and I had them do an exercise where I had everybody clench and like, <laughs> like clench their, their fists and their face and their butt cheeks and whatever else you can clench and just hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, and then let it go. And, uh, you know, it takes an incredible amount of energy to clench all that stuff at once. Well, our emotions are the same way. If we're clenching and we're saying, oh, I can't deal with this now, maybe later, that's not very good for us. And so the energy has to go somewhere and it usually clogs up some important organ like your stomach or whatever, or you can't breathe right because it's all up there or your heart hurts. So um, yeah, it's very physical if you're not letting that emotion move through. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, other than really helping you work through some of these past traumatic events, what else is made possible through EFT? Like it sounded like it could have the potential to help people overcome like addictions. Yes. Yes. Now I will first say I'm not a licensed addictions counselor or anything like that, but I do train those people. I train therapists and counselors. But like, for example, some of most of the research that's been done on EFT has been done on food cravings and food addictions and relationship with food, because we turn to food oftentimes as an automatic mechanism to soothe emotional distress. Uh, A woman in Australia who I love following, Peta Stapleton, jot that down because she's amazing. And she's speaking at the annual meeting this year in uh, Baltimore that's coming up in May. Can't wait to see her again. But, you know, she has found that when you are exposed to a food or a substance that you are, I guess, that puts you out of control. Maybe that's the best word rather than addiction. So if you're in the presence of baklava, for example, your cortisol levels go up and your amygdala gets triggered, just like as if there was a tiger coming at you. Did you know that? That's so interesting. And that by eating that food or giving into that craving, you you are soothing your amygdala. It's temporary. Your cortisol can come down, but you're in a cycle of always trying to get more, more of the fix. Now, if you interrupt that by tapping and admitting So it's funny I mentioned baklava because I actually treated myself for baklava this year. And I worked with PETA's program. PETA has a pretty good one, an online program that's been proven through through clinical testing. And you come to a point where you, you don't crave that substance anymore. You actually have to hold it while you're tapping. <laughs> it's really fun. And then at the end of the exercise, there's a second exercise that comes up and you think you're so great because you got over that craving. But then she says, and now it's tr- time to throw your treat in the trash bin. <laughs> and suddenly you're like, the no, new- <laughs> the new thought comes up like, well, hell no, I'm not doing that. But actually I remember the moment you know, cause I had a whole box of baklava in front of me. And when I did that exercise and I thought I can't throw it away. And so you, you address all the reasons that it's wrong to throw it away because it's wasting or whatever. I mean, think about it. It's all these beliefs. It's all Absolutely. this programming that we have from way back around any particular thing. And it could, you know, it could be about anything that makes us uncomfortable or uneasy or whatever. But I picked up that box after a few rounds of tapping and got rid of it and put it in the trash and and haven't looked back. And I haven't had a bit of baklava since then. I don't know what would happen if- How long ago was that? That was about six months ago. So it's lasted. I mean, nobody's put it in front of me and made me taste it or anything, but I think I have much more control. And what PETA's studies have shown is that the lasting effects of treating yourself one by one on certain substances, she puts people in MRI machines to see if their amygdala fires up. And when they're in the MRI and and it's six months later and 12 months later, the food in front of them does not cause the amygdala to light up the way it did pre-intervention. Isn't that interesting. That's so powerful. I really see it as like a way for you to really take back control over your life in so many areas that we give our control away, you know, whether it's to food or relationships or drugs and alcohol, whatever it might be, you know, these traumatic, these traumatic triggers that come up, you know, I really see it as like a way that we're giving our power away and our control and 
it just seems so powerful to be able to reclaim that in a way that is so holistic and it really gets to to the root. Right. And you know what I love about it, people always say, well, is it like Reiki or acupuncture? Well, yeah, it kind of is. But I think emotional freedom techniques has a wonderful aspect is it empowers people to take care of themselves. So once you- Yeah. And you can do it yourself, right? You don't have to necessarily have somebody else do it on you like Reiki or acupuncture or all those other things. And my clients can use it between sessions. You know, I have coaching clients and I have students. And then they can come back to me if they're not so successful or they're wondering, should I have done it a little differently? Everybody has their blind spots. And I will say, you know, working with a professional coach, working with a a buddy, a practitioner can open doors so that you understand what you might be missing. But, you know, just for physical symptoms, you can very quickly calm physical pain with emotional freedom techniques. You can very quickly calm just that, you know, that overwhelm or an anxiety feeling so that you can get back into the game pretty quickly without suffering very long. But you have to, you know, just have to be present to your feelings. And that that takes a while to train yourself to do, but it's very doable. Yeah, absolutely. So how long would you say it really takes people to start seeing the effects of EFT? Is it pretty quickly or... Does it take some time, some practice? What does that look like? Yeah, everybody's going to be different. So when I work with private clients, I start every private client with four one-hour sessions with me. I don't really expect if they're working with me, that first session is a lot of times just getting familiar with how their energy works and what their issues are. So usually I'm seeing them making their shifts and big aha moments and getting good with their practice in between sessions, between the second and the third session. And some people with really deep problems and, you know, things that they've been struggling with for a long, long time, especially if they've had childhood trauma. And, you know, I'm careful. Some childhood traumas really require a more licensed person. So that's part of the reason I screen everybody I work with. But I have a list of practitioners that I can refer people to if they really need a licensed person. But, you know, I'm always hopeful. I've been doing this for 15 years now. So I know the kind of cases that will probably improve. I can tell a client, you know, I had another person just like you. And while it seems hopeless right now, they made progress pretty quickly. I can't ever guarantee. And part of it is, do people take on the homework? You probably assign homework to your coaching clients. I hope the coaches out there do. Absolutely. That's that's the job you know, they have to want to change something. I don't force things on people. And sometimes they're so shut down, it's hard to take in too much change right away. I'm so excited right now because I've I've been working with a few that couldn't sleep, that were so negative like a month ago. And they're all just like, they went through Christmas with me and they came out at the new year, like so empowered. And they know they're not done, but they're so hopeful. That's beautiful to see. Yeah. It's like once you start to see that light, right? You're like, okay, even if it's just a little bit, you're like, okay, I can do this. It's just so empowering. And what have been some other results that you've seen? Like what have been some issues that people were struggling with? If you can share what happened through their course of working with you? Okay. Well, things like grief, you know, people that have suddenly lost a spouse or a relationship. So divorce would be one area you know, just getting back on your feet again and trusting yourself. Let me see. I've I've had some 
clients with autoimmune type problems. So, you know, to help them have another resource for taking care of physical pain and just the nervousness around medical community. I'm trying to think, I'm going through my files now, uh, students going through school, I'm a young mother who just couldn't sleep and, you know, has a job and just doesn't see her way out of there. You know, I have another client who's who lost an important relationship. She's just trying to reconnect into the world of the right people, not the wrong people. Then she wants to find that next person. I can't guarantee where he's at or how she's going to find him, but I can help her be a better partner for when he shows up and to help her be where she needs to be to meet the right kind of person. She's trying some new things. That's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And I probably, before we're done, I got to talk about how EFT has helped me because- Yes, please. My book, The Comeback, is the story of how I was able to take care of myself during a horrific traumatic event. My husband and I were on vacation in Michigan. Uh, We thought we were celebrating a wonderful weekend, and he went out one morning for a run and didn't come back. Oh, my goodness. And he had had some previous incidents, and so I immediately was alarmed when he was even just 10 minutes late. I called 911 and reported him missing and talked to the officer, and uh, turned out they had found him lifeless on a running track not too far from the B&B we were staying in. And he, fortunately, somebody saw him and administered CPR, but he it was a pretty long time before they got the defibrillators and got his pulse going again. So, you know, from there, I met him in the emergency room. It was a horrible scene because they basically didn't even tell me if he was alive or dead the first hour I was there. And then when they brought me in to see him, he was intubated. And the, the doctor told me that he didn't see any signs of reaction in his eyes and that he was probably brain dead, but that they would cool him off for a few days and we'd see what happened. So, you know, immediately, I definitely know what fight or flight was from that experience. I'm out of town even, so I don't even have my regular support network, although my best friends were with me on this trip, but I didn't have a car. And I just had to start taking care of myself with everything I knew. And so I started, I did my meditation. I did my daily energy routine, which is in my book. And I've always been doing it, but I didn't stop doing it. I tapped every morning. I prayed and I stayed psychically connected to my husband. And eventually he was brought out of the coma, but he had seizures. Uh, We spent a lot of weeks in ICU, but little by little, he came back to me and we transferred. And then I continued this, this process of just using EFT and asking for help. And like I said at the beginning, a shift in energy is always followed by a change in reality. And I just kept attracting every resources we that we could possibly use. And I asked people to pray for us. And I trusted that insurance would cover it when I made decisions to put him in a real highly specialized place. And, you know, we're, we have a long-term relationship. We've been together more than 40 years. Uh, we have a long love story. And um, our love brought him back. The love of other people brought him back. Faith brought him back. Everybody told me he wasn't coming back. And even, you know, he had to go from infantile behavior. So my book is kind of a day by day of coming back from a brain injury. And so anybody who's faced with that kind of having to go through a long marathon thing 
with a healthcare issue. The book is there to help you get through that, to help you be a caregiver who takes care of him or herself, because that's really important. You can't make good decisions for your loved one, and you can't really take the best care of them if you're not taking care of yourself. So I am passionate about self-care and using EFT gives you a chance to do self-care in a jiffy. I love that we can shorten the time that it takes to take care of ourselves and be healthy. Wow. That's so powerful. Thank you for sharing that story. I can't, there's like no words. I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you go from, yeah, no signs of, of life to, you know, him coming back. It's just so powerful. And it really shows, like you said, the power of energy and how that really makes the shifts in our reality. Yeah. But I mean, it was, I never even imagined that I could be so calm given what I was going through. And the, and there were a few times, and if you read the book, you'll see what happened. There are a few times the doctors just completely knocked me into trauma again by things that were said or things that happened. And and, you know, I would just, you know, get, get myself together in a parking lot or in the car and I would take my deep breaths and have some water and start tapping and come right back to my center again and stand tall and go do what I needed to do. I have to say, while I was going through all of that too, I had given up sugar right before that. And, oh, that was such a genuine gift that I had done that because it really helped me. Sugar's a sugar's a strange thing. And I, you know, I ate all these cookies over Christmas. I gave up sugar again on January 1. And I'm so glad because there is a difference in the brain when you're not all amped up on even just a little bit of sugar. I think I'm really sensitive to it. So that was another little tip for the audience. <laughs> if you can do it, do it. Yeah, I would love to know some more of your like self-care practices and what you do to really make sure that you're protecting your energy and keeping yourself at that high vibe state. Yeah. Okay. So how much time do we get? <laughs> <laughs> All the time you need. So, so my first book, Energy Makeover, really kind of goes through a lot of them. Um, one of the first practices I I started doing way back when, and this was because I was vain. I wanted to stay young forever. So I heard about these exercises called the Ancient uh, Fountain of Youth Exercises, the Five Tibetan Exercises. Have you ever heard of those? I haven't. They are bizarre. So I started doing those. I genuinely think that they put me on this path toward that meeting in Switzerland because a bunch of stuff happened before that meeting that was bizarre. They sent some energy into motion, but they're kind of yoga-like exercises, but one of them is spinning, spinning around. It creates a vortex. Oh, wow. That I think really is part of our energy system because there is this energy field around us that's like a torus. Uh, which is like a big donut, (laughs) if you think of it that way. And I think spinning had something to do with really like shifting my energy field quickly. Um, But the the principle behind these exercises has to do with the the Tibetan monks practiced them. And they noticed that people's hair never got, um, got gray and that their spines were nice and strong and straight, but that their hormone balance was always uh, really more like a younger being. Um, and these exercises stimulate different parts along your spine. They they work with the meridians, I'm quite certain, although I won't get into anything technical here. It was experiential for me. So I do those exercises every day. They're very good core exercises too. I have a little video on YouTube 
that shows me doing them years ago. It's still up there. I think it's my my most popular video, and my cat even photobombs that one. That sounds horrible, but you, you can see them, and uh, I still do them, and I think they do have a therapeutic effect. So that's one one routine. Another thing, I love Donna Eden's five-minute energy routine. Are you familiar with Donna Eden? I'm not. You're giving me all these resources. I'm so excited to look into them. Eden Energy Medicine, E-D-E-N. And Donna Eden, her book, Energy Medicine or Energy Medicine for Women, excellent stuff about managing your hormones. You know, so when you combine some of these things with tapping, the basic self-care, very valuable. I personally, you know, I like journaling. I have a journaling process that I use with my clients. It's called the Energy Makeover Journal. There is a product to go with that. But actually, I've, I've been... I think you can do this process in your own little notebook. And basically, it's a five-step process, you know, where you keep track of your physical sensations when you wake up every day. You pay attention to how you feel first thing when that alarm goes off and do a scan of the body and just kind of watch that from day to day. You also track what I call intensity moments every day. What was big? What got your attention, either high or low, not that middle ground stuff? What was yucky and what was wonderful? And you pay attention to that because you want to amplify the really good stuff and you want to clear out the stuff that ticked you off and bothered you and caused a a reaction. There's a bit in that journal about gratitude. And we know the power of gratitude to shift us out of a negative emotion, a negative thought. So there's gratitude work in that journal. There's a place in that journal called Vomit on the page. Guess what that is? Just whatever you want to write down. (laughs) You can complain. You can write all your gripes there. It's better if you write it down than say it in the real world. So that's what I suggest my clients do. But eventually they're writing nice things to themselves. But at the beginning, you can just whine because you might as well get it out in a decent way. And then I finish each daily uh, journal entry with uh, an intention, a statement of affirming that attention, intention. So I, I like the uh, to start those sentences with I celebrate because that's a good way to see it happening, to envision something. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing those techniques. I know I want to dive into those resources because it really is so powerful to allow ourselves that space to let our emotions flow through us. And like you said, we need an outlet to, you know, even if it's writing it down, that's so much better than spewing that on somebody else in the real world. So I think those practices are so powerful. Yeah. And, you know, I, can't say enough about just having fun every day. I am a big advocate of fun for old people. Okay. Well, fun for all ages. You know, we need to laugh more. We need to find fun things to do, integrate it in our day, even when we're doing stuff for work, to make it fun, to get ourselves out of the office, to get together with real people, nice people, not the mean people. (laughs) Have a good time. Ah, I think that's something that we don't integrate in our lives enough, you know, especially as adults, we just get so consumed with our to-do list and our, our daily tasks that we don't infuse fun and joy in our lives as much as we should. So thank you for that reminder. And before my last question, is there anything you wish I would have asked you or like a final message that you want to leave? I want to say something about trauma, okay? Because sometimes we think about trauma, oh, that's PTSD, that's heavy, heavy trauma of somebody else, and that really doesn't apply to me. But I think as all human beings, um, there are moments where we've been traumatized that maybe we don't 
um, think of it as trauma. So when I teach my students, my EFT practitioner professionals, I teach them this acronym UDIN, U-D-I-N, to help them have a better appreciation of trauma. And the letters stand for U, unexpected. So anything that happens to you that's unexpected, that's going to happen in human life. That's an element of trauma. The next one is D for highly dramatic or death or appearing to be deadly. Okay. And then the I stands for isolation. You find yourself all alone or feeling like you're the only one in the world with it. That's part of trauma. And finally, the N stands for no plan. Know what's next. You're just stuck like, oh dear, what do I do? So we've all been there. And I think as we recognize as humans, all of us, even the highest successful people, that we can suddenly feel alone because something unexpected happened and our hearts can be racing because it feels like we're going to die. You can calm it down with tapping very quickly. Just admit what those Uden elements are, what was unexpected, what was, what felt deadly. Admit that you're feeling isolated and admit you have no plan. And you tap and suddenly your brain gets energy, it gets blood. It, can, it loses about 80% of its blood flow when you're triggered. When you can interrupt the stress response, you get that blood back up there and you can answer the questions and you can plan what's next. And that is the blessing, I think, that we've been given as humans, if only we use it. I love that. Thank you for sharing that with us. And the final question that I ask on every podcast is related to taking action, because I believe like learning about these techniques is so great. But if we don't actually start to implement them in our lives, we won't really actually see change. So what would be three action steps that someone could take today to live a more uplifted life? Well, I would love to invite people to to take some of the free stuff off my website if they'd like. There are a lot of free resources on emotional freedom techniques out there. So I would invite you. I have a whole library of videos. So that would be a place to start if you just want to tap along with me. I just posted something on Facebook. I have a whole bunch of videos, so I don't ask for any money. But there is something coming up, um, the World Tapping Summit. I think that starts in February. And that's a free event where you can tap along with some of the leaders in this field and try it out for yourself and get exposed to a lot of different ways that you might be able to integrate tapping into your life. I would invite you all to to try Donna Eden's five-minute routine or try the uh, five Tibetan exercises. Um, I would love to hear from people to just help them. Well, you're going to publish the links probably so they can find that. But really, it's about paying attention. How are you feeling? And instead of stuffing it away, you know, feel it, be present to it. So much for that. And I will definitely make sure to put all of the links in the show notes. And so where can people find you and, you know, gain access to all of your knowledge and wisdom? Okay. Um, my main website is create and connect brilliantly.com. Um, so that's where you can find out about uh, EFT, about upcoming events. I'm actually doing some training in Florida. Um, I'll be speaking at a meeting in Baltimore. Um, I love meeting people in person. This this online world is great, but I like real people. So I would look forward to 
to uh, connecting. Also, my Facebook page, Create and Connect Brilliantly, has a Facebook page. The events are listed there. I'm just getting on Instagram. I'm horrible at Instagram. I need an Instagram coach, I think. <laughs> but uh, I have a little bit there. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn, too. So anybody, professionals, especially if you're looking for continuing ed credits, uh, my, my emotional freedom technique courses for professionals can do that for you. So I'd love to hear from the professionals through LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, Instagram is my jam. So I would love to support you with that. But I totally agree with you in terms of the in-person connection, because I think while forming these connections online is great, it's just so much more powerful when we can take those connections into real life. So I'm looking forward to, you know, staying in touch with you. And thank you so much for being here and sharing your knowledge and expertise and wisdom so freely with my audience. Thank you so much, Randy. You are a super host. So pat yourself on the back. Oh, thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your day with me. If you loved this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss one. If this episode really resonated with you, it would mean so much to me if you screenshot and share it with your friends and family or share it on your Instagram story. You can also rate and review the podcast on iTunes, which helps me spread the message and get the podcast heard by more people. For more self-love and powerlifting inspiration, come follow me on Instagram or join my private Facebook group, Self Love School. The links are in the show notes. And until next time, stay uplifted.